This is Influencing Insider, the weekly webinar that interviews Australia and New Zealand's best journalists about how they like to work with communications professionals. To view our complete library of episodes and register for the live shows, head to influencing.com forward slash insider. Hello and welcome to Influencing Insider. I'm your host, Elliot Richardson, and joining me today is the new National Affairs Editor at Innovation Oz, Denim Sadler. I'm just bringing Denim online at the moment. Uh, if this is your first time on Influencing Insider, you can ask questions, so you can pop them in the chat box on the right-hand side of your screen. Uh, and if you can't stick around for the entire episode or you want to double-check anything Denim says, you will get a replay link in your inbox a little bit later today. Denim, welcome to the show. Great. Thanks for having me. It's exciting. It is too. It is to have you on. Um, you were named yesterday National Affairs Editor at Innovation Oz. Can you give us a, a bit of an idea of what your role is now? Because you've now got a, a press gallery pass. Yeah, sure. So that was kind of a big moment for us getting that. Um, obviously, a pretty small team. So it was really exciting to get kind of that validation. So the big switch in terms of the new role will be kind of heading to Canberra. I'm based in Melbourne at the moment, but heading to Canberra a bit more often, especially for sitting weeks. And then... Um, Kind of a more of a, a focus on federal politics but other than that pretty similar to at the moment so still a lot of a lot of writing which is good but um yeah getting that press gallery was kind of the the big thing for us and that'll that'll be a big thing for us going forward it's really exciting now um if i haven't come across innovation oz before or, or i've only kind of only seen bits and pieces of what you guys do there how would you describe what you cover and you know what what type of stories you're interested in yeah, sure. So kind of the, the good one-liner we usually use is it's everything to do with the intersection between government and politics and technology. So kind of it actually ends up being a very broad range of things, but our, our sweet spot is often kind of Australian tech, co- tech companies that kind of have their own IP and are looking to export uh, internationally or domestically and then how government levers can kind of help that. So it's a lot of federal politics, a lot of state politics, but it all kind of relates to Australian technology and companies and obviously a lot of manufacturing. But yeah, some, some big issues for us are always kind of research and development, the commercialization of uh, research and kind of public sector issues as well. And we do a lot around kind of public sector technology and government services delivery. So around a lot around New South Wales and what they're doing and at a federal level. And then a lot of I like kind of writing a lot about social issues. So we do we've done a lot recently about the NGIS around kind of their technology they're trying to incorporate. And we did a lot around robo-debt and kind of government use of technology and how it impacts people's lives as well. But it, it's pretty much anything. It ends up being a lot of things where government and technology intersects any legislation that relates to technology and anything that's going to affect local tech companies mostly. You mentioned it's quite a small team there. Uh, you as announced yesterday that Ben Grubb's joining you guys. So how many, how many staff do you have there at the moment? Yeah, sure. So one, once Ben joins in a bit less than a month or so, that's really exciting. There'll be four of us on the, the edu- editorial side. We've got we've got James who started the website, who's staying on as editor-in-chief. And then we'll have Ben, obviously, and then myself as, and Joe as kind of the main writers um, going forward. And then we've got, got a bit of a, a team on the other side as well that do really great work. But yeah, kind of four of us at the the main kind of editorial side of things. So it's still pretty small, but it started off as, as just James. So it's getting <laughs> getting a bit bigger, which is exciting for everyone, I think. It is indeed. Uh, you gave us a bit of a run through of the type of stories that you, you tend to run or you like to cover. What are some of the kind of popular ones that tend to trend pretty well on the, on the site or um, online? 
Yeah, so the big ones we always see, anything to do with the research and development tax incentive is kind of huge for us. That's obviously the biggest federal policy that impacts companies that we look at. So anything to do around changes towards that, there was obviously a lot to do with that in recent years, tracks really well. Anything that kind of mentions the big Australian tech companies that kind of they've had Lassie and say something about a policy, they had a lot to say around the encryption laws a few years ago, that, that always goes well. So any big name tech companies, and then we do cover kind of multinational tech firms and kind of did a lot around the Facebook and Google stuff at the start of the year. It does really well too. And I think that's kind of local companies looking to what the big players are, are doing. So that always does really well as well. And then we're kind of sometimes surprised by the ones that do well, like the, the coverage of the NDIS and the tech reforms did really well as well. And we do a lot around kind of government contracts with consulting firms on tech projects and kind of the outsourcing of that work. Then they, they often do quite well as well. You mentioned there that, um, you know, you've got the RDTI and, and a few other topics that tend to trend pretty well. So how do you work with PR professionals in, in those capacities? I'd imagine there are a lot of businesses um, and experts that want to speak about the the research and development tax incentive. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's often how kind of working with PR is usually most useful for us. So I think that's often it will be if there was a budget announcement around the RDTI or some sort of policy change a lot of people i think see that we write about it a lot and get in touch being like we've seen this happen we kind of know you're going to be writing about it here's what one of the companies we work with think about it and if that's kind of a strong opinion we'll we'll often get in touch or use those quotes in the stories so i think yeah we kind of how seeing how these policies actually affect companies is is really useful for us and really important and what we want to be writing about so i think if you kind of be in touch and say this is what how this kind of policy that could seem confusing or not relevant, this is how it's actually going to change things for this company that's that's doing cool things and wants to export to the world. This is how it's going to make it easier or harder. So I think that that's where it's really useful for, for people to get in touch with us. I also noticed that quite often you have um, independent contributors either offering, you know, um, op-eds or opinion pieces. So how does that, how does that work? Yes, yeah, so we're really open to that. We, we don't run heaps. Like we are pretty particular about what we run, but we are open to op-eds. I think the biggest thing with those, and it's obviously quite obvious by the name, but you kind of need to have a pretty strong opinion. We do, we do get pitched one where it can sometimes kind of be summarizing an issue or not, nothing too groundbreaking. And then you're obviously kind of selling your company as well, which is completely fair. But yeah, I think you need to kind of have a strong standpoint on one of the big issues for us. And then then we love to publish it. Like we're, we're all for kind of publishing op-eds and I think our readers are often from the sector as well. So want to read about what other people in the sector think. But yeah, I think just taking a, a strong stand and something that might not have already been out there or we haven't already written about is really useful. So when we were, when we were speaking about um, how to pitch uh, spokespeople or stories to you, what to you makes a good pitch? What's the, the best way to catch your eye or kind of get into that kind of editorial um, flow for you guys? I think for, first and foremost, it's it's kind of a link to either a current news story or a policy that's being discussed or, or often it's something we've already written about. It's usually strongly catches my attention. So if, if I see one that's kind of like, we saw your, your story in the newsletter this morning with, about the RDTI, here's another angle or here's something you didn't think about, that that's really strong. And if that's talking to a company, one of their clients, that's really useful as well. And I think kind of being short and catchy and to the point is really good. Like if I open a a pitch and it's kind of big walls of text and it's not something immediately eye grabbing. I might not look through the whole thing. And then I think having putting up the top who's available for interviews really good as well. Like we, we very rarely would run a story off a press release without actually talking to someone. We kind of, kind of pride ourselves in 
in doing the interviews and taking the time to get kind of some original comments and getting extra questions. I think saying who's up for an interview and whether they're available kind of that morning because we do have pretty tight deadlines is really useful. But yeah, I think to the point and kind of putting up the top, here's why we think it's relevant to you is good. And that's kind of obviously means that they've read the website and kind of know our niche because it is a bit different to, to even other tech websites. It's I can imagine we're pretty hard to pitch to, but I think kind of putting it out there that you know what we want to see and why this is actually relevant to us at the top, which which some people do, do do and are really good at it, would be very helpful, yeah. So you mentioned deadlines there. So can you give us an idea of, of what those deadlines are? Yeah, we're, pr- we're nailing down how to do it with four people, but we, we usually run two or three newsletters a week and it's usually kind of Monday, Wednesday, Thursday is usually what we go for, but it depends a bit on what's happening in the news but we do, we work to kind of a daily deadline. So we usually, we have a chat in the morning, work out who's doing what, and we usually hope to have the stories done by four or five. And then we all have a look and sub them and get them up. So it's very quick turnaround. Like, so ideally if we get, we get a center pitch that we like and we want to talk to like that morning within hours is, is usually best. Cause yeah, we usually have a day at most to, to work on a story unless it's a bigger piece. So it is pretty tight turnaround. So I think being as helpful as possible in terms of putting someone up for interview is is always a huge help. And are you open to PRs following up their pitches to you? I am. I think it's all, I'm always prefer, I always prefer kind of an email follow-up. I, ne- I never mind that and I do sometimes miss stuff. So I, I think that's fine. I'm not, not a huge fan of the, the phone call. I'm often kind of head down writing sort of style. So I'm usually won't answer my phone phone if it's a random number anyway. But yeah, the follow-up emails, I, I have no real issue with at all. And uh, what's what's uh, one thing that you hope every PR takes out of this or, or, or gets to know about your work? Um, I think it's it, it, knowing how to pitch to us. I think just maybe reading reading the website, it sounds kind of self-promo, but yeah, I think kind of knowing what we're about, if you want to pitch us a story and kind of knowing that the main things we write about and what we kind of don't cover is really useful and saves, saves everyone a bit of time. So I think, I think that would be kind of the main thing. And then just the kind of, having a strong opinion of what yeah of the client they're pitching as well is really useful so being able to say at the top they think this policy is bad they think this will damage manufacturing anything like that is is a huge help just quickly let's go through a a couple of the things that you don't want to see or that you don't write on just to kind of get that out of the way yeah so i think we would very rarely kind of just write about a capital raising like we're pretty different i used to work at a startup website and we do that every day and it was really useful but yeah we We'd very rarely cover that. We kind of only do that if it's kind of a good reason to talk to a really cool company and kind of talk about other issues. Like the capital raising probably wouldn't be the main thing. So we would rarely do that. And we kind of rarely do new new products or anything like that unless it's kind of had government funding or there's there's a really interesting spin on it like recently with COVID or something. But we rarely do just a product um, announcement or same with kind of an office expansion, those kind of regular kind of tech company announcements we probably don't look at unless there is a really interesting public policy hook to it or it's kind of one of the giant companies like moving into one of the government um, shared buildings or something like that. So they're, they're kind of the main ones. And I think, again, what kind of make us a bit different to a lot of the other tech websites is we don't kind of look at those things in isolation and probably wouldn't cover them at all unless there is kind of a public policy spin we can put on it. And just finally, what's the, the best email address to catch you on and pitch you? Yeah, sure. So my, I'm happy to get emails to my own uh, email, which is denim, which might be hard to spell, but I think it's on my screen, um, at innovationoz.com. And we've also got just an editor at innovationoz.com that 
uh, everyone in the team will get and kind of are able to to siphon through. So the editor one's probably best to send over pictures and then everyone will see them. Okay, excellent. I've popped them into the chat box. So if you need them, you can grab them. Denim, Perfect. thanks so much for joining us this morning. No worries at all. Thanks for having me. No worries. We'll catch you later. Great. See you later. And thank you very much for joining us on Influencing Insider. That was Denim Sadler, the National Affairs Editor there at Innovation Oz. We'll be back next week. We've got Ben Tyres from Thrillist. So if you're looking food and travel, even if you are in New South Wales and you're locked down, we can still have a bit of a chat about travel and what's happening in that space. Uh, until next week, I'm Elliot Richardson. Bye for now.